if you're ready. This is now I feel like I'm now I feel like I should be interviewing you. So ready. Oh my goodness. Like, is it on right now? Yeah, we're recording. Oh my God. Okay. Hello everyone. Like all of this is going to make the uh, podcast because not only do we, we don't edit podcasts, Kelly, right? We literally, (laughs) everyone listening. Hello everyone. It is I, Josie. Alicia is not here today because we're so behind in, no wait, we just like don't know how to podcast. And so we just decided we couldn't figure out how to be three of us where you're like, guys, you've had uh, guests before, but then today didn't want to work. So we're just going to be the two of us. So it is Josie and Dr. Kelly Casper. Is it Casperson? Casperson. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, hello. Hello. Hi, this is great. Um, so this is how we go. It's, it's perfect. 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 Um, it's, it's so bad you guys to the point where I'm not even, I don't even know if we're recording this. She's recording on her and it's, it's, we're on zoom right now. Um, but you guys, uh, you guys were so excited about this, this podcast and I am as well. Um, it was crazy. Kelly, can I call you Kelly? Yep. Yeah, that's where we are. I'm like, like you would say no live. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, like, no, let's no, 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 please no. not. I would like uh-uh. to be called uh, Casperson MD. <laughs> Only if you take um, off, if you take off your pants in my clinic and pay me money, there's a doctor that comes before my name. Okay. I like that. I like that for you. Cause we got to establish some boundaries. But, exactly. Yeah. You're not just Kelly with pants yeah. down. Otherwise I'm Kelly, the podcaster <laughs> who happened to go to medical school. Okay. I like that. And you're a urologist. I'm not Kelly with your pants down. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep, I'm a urologist, so that's sur- that's surgery. Six years after medical school, I take care of some kids, and I tell the kids because you know nobody wants to go to the doctor, let alone when you're eight. And I'm like, did you know that I went to school for a really, really long time to talk about poop and pee? And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, mm. yeah, there's a school for that. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> And it's a freaking hard school as well. Um, thank you so much for saying yes. I, I appreciate that. We kind of connected way back when I started listening to your podcast. I tagged you when you were sweet enough to answer some DMs. Um, where I was like, hello, um, let's pretend we're best friends as I'm sending you an audio message. Um, audio messages are so aggressive, but I am like, <laughs> <laughs> so aggressive. I hate typing. So like they make sense to me. It makes sense. I'm like, I'm like, I just can't reply because I don't want to type right now. Oh my god! But I'm like, yeah, and I'm driving, probably driving, being on my right, phone. right. But, um, such a hypocrite because I send audio messages to complete strangers, yet when they respond with an audio message, I'm like, what are you doing? How how dare you respond with an audio? Message? We're not at this point in our relationship yet. <laughs> this is so aggressive, and I'm like, Josie, you just did that to someone. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, so, uh, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to touch on and I even listened to the podcast, the the podcast that I want to say changed everything for me. Um, and I, Oh, you have to tell me which one that was. It is a steamy sex ed part one and two. So this was May, 2020. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic had just hit and you had done two sessions of just steamy sex ed and it just happened that that's the first thing I like that's the title that got to me to, for me to hit uh press play your clickbait yep exactly so <laughs> I I found you I found you on Catnat. so I listened to Catnat. love um, them love them yes. yeah. and I really resonated with how so first of all you are not broken is a big part of like what we 
teach our members in terms of um, weight loss, happiness, uh, finding their way, prioritizing themselves, like they're not broken. Um, and so even your title really resonates with me. I'm all about language. And um, so your language really speaks to me. Anyways, so I really enjoyed how when you're on the podcast with Kat Nat, you were really pushing how you're in charge and yes. you're not broken. And women need to be told that these they days. They do like multiple times over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's bad out there, my friend. <laughs> okay. I agree. Um, okay. So uh, I just wanted to obviously set up people to know how I found you. So that's how I found her, you guys. And then I listened to steamy sex ed part one and steamy sex ed part two. And then I continue, but that was like, for me, that was the content I needed from you at that moment to be able to, um, I guess, make the first step towards changing, not feeling broken and changing some of my, my habits or I guess my lifestyle around my sex life. Mm -hmm. So then I shared with the people that I did this, we did a podcast like sex and salads and I used some of like your things and I, and I tagged you on that and you were like, this is amazing. I think you had listened to it way back. It's still two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so like guys, an eon in the podcasting world, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, you guys, there is a podcast called Sex, Sex and Salads. I think it's in like June 2020. Anyways, go check out our podcast. But um, that was a good one. So I just think in that one podcast, Kelly, you covered so much for me. So I want to go through that knowledge, that info and chat with you about it. Because I know that it's always fun because we have new listeners that don't know about you. So it's kind of like it's a lot about that podcast that you, that, that one, um, or those specific topics, but talking together about it and just I, I having a good time. Awesome. I love it. Okay. I'm letting you, uh, if you want to say anything, like if you feel like you want to introduce yourself, tell yourself what your podcast is about, I'm giving you that moment right now. Yeah. Well, I think that my origin story is important because I think it resonates with people. Like, you know, we just think these like expert people who talk so freely about sex were like born that way. (laughs) It is like, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school, you know, very traditional heterosexual parents, you know, conservative upbringing, but I was always curious about it. Like I was always like, what is this stuff that like, I can't watch those movies, right? I can't like, why can't we talk? So I was like always curious about like what I wasn't allowed to access just because I'm kind of a curious, you know, the intellectual part of me is like that. And then I went to med school and then I went to urology and urology is very, has been very male focused. We're, we're the inventors of, you know, Viagra and the penile implant and the penile injection and all this, like we take care of the male sexual function. And it like dawned on me, I had this patient who was crying in my office and she like was in a wonderful marriage and had no, no sex life that she liked. And I was like, hold on, who's taking care of the women who are sleeping with the people we're giving the Viagra to? And it was like, oh, nobody. Because I thought the guys were doing it, right? So like stereotype, like women are 51% of the population, like only one specialty that also does like birth control, hysterectomies, heavy periods, like they're already busy, right? <laughs> and, and so I talked to some of my guy friends and they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we didn't get taught any of that. And I, you know, dove deep and did, I read all the books and then there was this voice in my head that was like, you have to talk. You can't literally sit in your clinic in your town and expect to change the world right? Because the world is like, women hate sex. It's not for them. They're they're not in control of it or it's painful. And then they're like, I don't have any desire because it's painful. And I'm like, of course you don't have desire. It's painful. Like we got to fix the painful part of it. And it's just, sexuality is such an amazingly 
big topic. Like there's like never ending content from like the pelvis and anatomy and here's the clitoris. And did you know it's the same as the penis? Like you can start there and then you can go like the brain. That's where desire is. It's not in a pill or a supplement, usually not in a hormone, like the brain, the brain, the brain. And so I went to life coach school to figure out the brain part and to be like, well, if you hate your partner, don't wonder why you don't have high sexual desire, right? And so like it's the brain part, it's the cultural part. It's like watching movies with like two minutes of sex with mutual orgasms in the missionary position. And then we're all like, why doesn't the penis do that for us, right? And it's like, so the sexuality is so big. And what I've realized is like when women work on all of that and their knowledge and their empowerment, it literally changes your life because you realize you're in the driver's seat. You realize boundaries. You realize communication. You realize what you want. You realize how to ask for it. You realize I can say no. And like, it's okay for other people to feel, have feelings about that. Like the personal growth involved in you exploring your sexuality is like, the it's the final frontier in personal growth and it spills over into business and parenting and your relationships and like your enjoyment of the world of like what if we're here to experience pleasure and i haven't been doing that at all i'm missing it i'm missing all i'm missing the green of the grass out there and i'm missing all of this so like so that's why sexuality to me is like oh my god this topic is so huge and scene <laughs> Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> I loved every second uh, you should have seen. At, I don't even know if this recording does like a screen. We usually put our recording on YouTube, but whatever. It'll be what it'll be. <laughs> we just press record. We only have so much time, you guys. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. It hit on me. Uh, and again, I'm French. So maybe hit on me is not even a thing. So if you're like, what is she saying? That's not the expression. It is because English is not my first language, but I just do my best and the humans love me for it. So mindset and your brain is where you really got my attention while you were talking to Kat Nat, And then obviously when I really dig deep into your content is that I, I truly believe in mindset. I believe in thoughts. I believe in beliefs. I believe in, and so I, I truly believe that our behaviors, and I know that not that I just believe that I think it's real life. Our behaviors are led by our thoughts. And so I'm like, I, we, that's what we do at your weight loss is we help people with their thoughts, with their beliefs, with their, so I resonated so much when you were talking about how sex is in your brain. Um, there were so many things and that was a part of my, my points there that I brought up, but yes, yes, yes to everything she said. Um, and, uh, when you said, um, some of the content after, like I listened to a lot of your content after, and it just, I like learned more about l'anatomy of, of a body as well. And I, okay. There's so much to say. I really liked when you were like, we expect men to know how to, please us when like they don't even know what's up like you know what it's just like all of it I was like okay we, 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 we give away our broken. power yeah we give away our power way too much like why are they in charge they don't even know like they don't watch the crappy videos too <laughs> you know like they didn't get some uh, secret education yes okay let's get to it orgasmic inequality mm. this is one of the things that so that really important made me yes so important so i'd love for you to talk about you said uh female partnered with men uh, men lowest orgasm quality of any relationship let's speak about that yep so orgasmic inequality came about when people were researching who has the most orgasms 
is it equal? It turns out the heterosexual male has the highest, we'll use success rate, right? And again, I always have to like asterisk and be like, orgasm's not the end all be all. It's just a marker of pleasure. So we got to pick something to be like, how much are you enjoying sex, right? So back up. But the heterosexual male has a orgasm, eh, high 90s, like 97, 98% of the time when he is partnered with his partner, right? Then we have homosexual males, then we have homosexual females, and then we have the heterosexual female who's clocking in down at around 60% of the time she'll have an orgasm. So her orgasm's kind of like bonus if it happens and like, otherwise not prioritized like the heterosexual male sex in the heterosexual relationship is defined as like it ends when the male has an orgasm right yes. so so if she didn't have one in that time period it's over right instead of like well it doesn't have to be over or if you okay fine if you think it's over when that happens make sure she has the orgasm first and again i always step back and be like but don't pressure people to have an orgasm that's called orgasm coercion it's not pressure if you pressure orgasms like it tends to not work well. Orgasm I was going to say, can you even pressure an orgasm? No, you'll you fail. I mean? People, yeah, like somebody yesterday was like, I'm trying so hard to have an orgasm, help. And I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you, not you just, winning You at just this. figured out your own problem. Yeah. But yeah, so like when you pressure an orgasm, of course, it doesn't work. The brain doesn't like to be, you can't have pressure and pleasure at the same time. I like but, that. So yeah, they, the orgasmic inequality is the interesting thing. That's in like partnered long-term relationships. If you look at the data in hookup culture, so we'll, we'll stereotype, you know, college age hookup culture, her orgasm rate goes down to about 7%. It's, oh, it's, it's even lower with just random hookups. Yeah, her, her just pleasure, yeah, her pleasure and her orgasm goes up in a committed longer-term relationship, huh. which is super interesting. Right. But it's like, I mean, to me, I'm like, why are women even going into this if only seven out of a hundred times you're going to have an orgasm? To me, I'd be like, hell no. Absolutely. It's not, it's not fun. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> so, so that's what's up with, with the hookup culture is the orgasms are real bad for the heterosexual female. Still right. great for the heterosexual male. Oh yeah. Always great for them. Yeah. Um, and that's, so that was one part that was just like, I basically like, I guess stats, I really like your stats. Like she, guys, she has good stats on things that make you again, not feel broken and it makes you feel normal. So again, they kind of mean the same thing, but like I, for me, while I was listening, I still see myself listening to, to, to it the first time. And I was like, Oh my God, like she's saying a lot of the things that I feel or that I know I'm going through, but you're always wondering if you're normal. And it's that conversation. We don't talk to, you have to have a really good friend or, you know, a, just a really good relationship with someone that you really talk about in detail. Like I'm not having orgasms or I, you know, like it's just, yeah. Something sometimes you just like kind of accept or you just don't talk about it. Um, and, and sometimes it gets, um, it bottles up though. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this sucks. Like we're getting frustrated as a couple. Um, but then you kind of like have one good day, one good mm -hmm. night. And then, oh, we forget. But like you could really fix the consistency of the things if you put in the time and effort. Yeah. And, you know, so I think so much the buzz right now is desire. Like people just love like desire, desire, blah, blah, blah. And two things about that is number one, are you having sex worth desiring, right? Like if she yeah. is not having fun, she's not having an orgasm. She just feels like she's there to, because he it can wants make to you be. have your, your, your moment. Yeah. Yeah. I talk, this is a little bit crude. So I apologize, but I was talking to a young woman the other day and she's like, I just feel like I'm a whole. And I'm mm. like, Oh my God, it's just like, it's heartbreaking to me. That somebody would like not be able to say no or not be able to say like, I need this to be different 
you know, and just have, and then have that feeling of just being there for somebody else's needs. It's like, and that, you know, that same person usually is like, I don't like sex. I don't, I don't have that desire. And I'm like, well, yeah, because sex sucks for you. Like you're having, like you're having shitty sex and by no fault of her own, but like, cause she doesn't have the skill. We do not get taught. Like, how do we talk about this? How do we negotiate orgasms? How do we negotiate, you know, what amount of times a week is great for this relationship? Right. So we really don't talk about that. And that's, the to plug the book that dropped yesterday um we talk i talk a lot about mindset and communication and all that stuff so and it's got to be oh, you 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 about congratulations girl thank I didn't you know this. this is a big deal wow i know, I know. so if you love <gasps> the podcast there's a book you can read about it oh i love that for so you good, good job oh, one oh yay no absolutely desire is what's coming up no. um because you are so right that like People think like, I just don't, I taught that about myself. So I just like, I'm not a sexual person, I would have said, or, uh, you know, I just like, you know, so uh, my husband and I have been, uh, I've been together for almost 20 years and we were high school sweethearts. He is my only partner. I am his only partner. So like, it's like, you feel like you blame the, the, like, oh, we've been together for a long time. And like, this, this is like, we don't know anything different, whatever. Um, but he's like, maybe all, not all heterosexual males, but he is very sexual. He would have sex every day. Like, so it's like, and I'm right. Not, I'm not there. So it's like, but so I thought I was broken. So your title really made me feel like you're not broken, but what I didn't, what I loved about your podcast was, I was in a place where I wanted to fix my desire. And so I was in a position to not blame, not push away any advice. Like I actually wanted to fix my desire. So I'm just saying that out there, you guys, it's like, if you want to lose weight or you want to be happy or you want whatever, you can't just like sit there and be like, I want that. There needs to be some intentional listening and you actually want to practice what you're hearing and you want to change the language in your mind. And the fact that you were all mindset based really was appealing to me because I knew that that I needed to stop believing that I wasn't sexual. Like, yep. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. You know? And I mean, I, there's so many people, they're like, what do I do? What, what can I buy? What supplement? And I'm like, well, spend your money however you want to spend your money. But like, legitimately, it's not, you're not missing an essential nutrient, right? This Thank is you. like socialization as heterosexual women and what that looks like and our thoughts about sex, the sex that we're having. A lot of it's boredom, man. Like, we get bored our brain like and understanding you know the brain and dopamine and the neuroscience of like we like novelty we like seeking out novelty but yet we want to be in long-term committed relationships that have a sexual script right and it's yes. something we've been doing for a long long time and it's like that might be working great for half of the partnership but is it working great for the other half you just made me think of something else that you said in another podcast, not this one, but planned sex and how that's like demonized and villainized in like long-term relationships. Like, oh my God, you're, you guys are like planning sex. That's not good for a couple. And you're like, you, we've been planning sex since we're 16 as we're like shaving every inch of our bodies before having sex with our boyfriend when we're 16. That's planned sex. And I really, again, you made me feel normal. And I was like, for me, I'm like, if it's planned and if it's good, like no one else should be saying that this is bad for your wedding, for your marriage, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I really enjoyed that as well. Um, so desire. So when you were saying desire in your podcast, I was like, that's what it is. I want to want it more. I always said that. Like I, 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 I feel like we have enough sex as in like how many times we do it is, is he's happy. I'm okay with it. Um, but then I'm like, I'd like to want it more. Like when we do when I know it's time, there's so many like jokes about this and, and memes about women 
kind of like, yes, I'm on my period or yes, he's, you know, it's the weekend and he's away. So I don't have to think about it or just do it. It'll be over with. Like, that's like a thing on the internet that women do, you know, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So I didn't want to be a part of that group. No, we don't. I totally. And, you know, and going to the thoughts, because I love dissecting the thoughts of those people of like, they're doing something for somebody else. Right. And they're happy that that somebody else is gone because they don't have to do that thing for them. And it's like truly making sex about you and about your pleasure and about the relationship. Like I'm invested in this relationship. I want to have a sexual relationship with you is like, is the way to think about it instead. Like I should, I have to, I, you know, all that stuff of like, well, of course you don't desire things that are on your to-do list. Right. Mm -hmm. And realizing that again, desire is your thoughts about sex, your thoughts about your partner, your thoughts Mm -hmm. about yourself as a sexual being like all of those things and really like digging up, what are your thoughts about sex? The other important thing to know about desire is there's two types. It's spontaneous and then responsive, right? And we get sold spontaneous as the male default. I mean, these people have testosterones of like 600. These people have very high testosterone, which is like the seeking out behavior stuff. Like it's what gets them out of the cave. Um, And realizing that, that's not how people with testosterone of 70 tend to be, especially when we're socialized as women that you shouldn't want sex, sex is bad, sex is dirty, all this stuff until you get married. Now you're supposed to want it all the time. Like it's so hypocritical. But so spontaneous desire is not is not the default. It's just kind of know, sexualized for lack of a better word. But then responsive is, hey, I'm having sex right now and I'm loving this experience. I'm desiring what I'm doing. And it's really like the desire and the arousal and women come at the same time. Because yeah. you're like on the couch with your haagen with Netflix. <laughs> like you're getting so much dopamine there, right? Like that's dopamine. And it actually takes work to like go in the bedroom. Now uh, switch your brain, think about arousal, think about, you know, mm. all that. Like that actually takes work. So certainly more work than being on the couch with the haagen and the Netflix. So I just want people to understand dopamine and like why our brains like, ah, it's super easy over here on the couch right? Not that sex is hard, but it is more work. It's kind of like exercising, right? Like, do I want to go exercise for my dopamine or do I want the Haagen-Dazs on the couch with the Netflix? Your body's like way easier. So we can just see how our brain works there. But yeah, if a woman's like, I love the sex. It's great. I love it when I have it. I'm like, you're not broken. That's normal. Just realize that when you're on the couch after a long day with the Haagen-Dazs, you don't actually want to go do that. But once you go do it, it's great and you love it. Awesome. You're not broken. No, I loved the part where he said like, because I had heard that from a lot of friends, whatever. It's like, once I get going, then it's good. And like, for me, uh, yeah, now you're normal. Yeah, exactly. And for me, like, I was always like questioning. Um, I find my husband very attractive. We've been together for a very long time. He, we have a really happy marriage. Like we're, we're happy. Like this is it. Okay. And so it wasn't like, I need to change him. It's like, I thought I was broken because why don't I want to have sex with him all the time. He is very, very, all of the, like, if I were to pick someone on the side of the road to have sex with, he would look like him, you know? So I'm like, but why is it? And then clearly then you go with like, well, it's because it's not new. So you talked about that where it's like, um, wait, like, as in when you, you know what you, like you, you, you're, you're very attracted to what you don't know. And you're not as attracted to what you do know. You use some fancy words there. Yeah. yeah, hundred percent. Uh, well, it's the new relationship, you know, crack brain basically of like after six, 
to 12 months, that new drunken love is gone because your brain adapts to what it already knows, mm -hmm. right? And people, and some people like tragically, they're like, I fell out of love. And it's like, no, 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 your dopamine finally calmed down enough because you understand this person and you kind of get what they're going to be doing. And like, you know, it's, it's not that you fell out of love. It's that you just stop being high all the time. And we kind of like, you know, crave that high in the relationships we're in. And that, that's where you've got to build a novelty, like go, go somewhere new, go dancing, go to yeah. a, a game, go like yeah. have sex in the morning, go to a different place and have sex. Like mm -hmm. you got to keep it new because what we do in long-term relationships is we trade novelty for familiarity. And that yeah. can, that can affect that spontaneous, like, Ooh, it's new. Most people aren't like, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice this long-term relationship for somebody new who I know nothing about, so my brain's high again. Yeah, most, no. I, most people don't do that. No, exactly. And it's just, it, it, sex is just this thing in long-term relationships. And I love this this section, cultivating desire in long-term relationships. And, you, you know, watch your partner do something that you love. And, and so that, that makes them like, be like, ooh, I like when that person, you know, if you talk shit, I always said this, if you talk shit about your husband, you're not going to want to have sex with them, you know? Totally. Um, and so that when you said that, and probably not in those words, but that's how I got it. And I was like, Josie, you can't be looking at your husband and only pointing out like, oh, didn't put the garbage, although he always does, but like, oh, he didn't do that or he didn't do this or blah, 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 blah. Like you can't, again, you can't be talking shit about something and then think that all of a sudden you're to turn around and want to have sex with them totally yeah and, and, also and for for you like to look at your husband and to be like holy moly he's so hot look at his hair <laughs> right now look at the way he wears those jeans like revel in the pleasure of desiring somebody that's desire right yeah, but like how, exactly. how often do we actually just sit and be like damn look look mm -hmm. what's in my house right yeah. now like it was totally available we just don't do it we, we're so entitled Yes, you're right. As as people in long term relationships, it's like sex, sex is always available to us. It's always so available. It's like, so we're like, you're right. Eh, whatever. I don't want it. They're like, we're yeah, because so, it's always available. You're so right. And uh, you know, we I very much value and another reason why I wanted to up my desires because I felt like I deserved it as well. And I was like, this is something that I'm gonna have to do for the rest of my life. And I I just hated that piece of our like our relationship because. Again, like I told you, like I am, I love love. I love my husband. I, 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 I think it's remarkable to create a family together and to create a life together. And I know sex will be a part of our life forever. And so I'm like, that's one piece, like everything else, like we're figuring it out and we're so on the same page. And this one piece was always the piece that one person's upset. And I just like, didn't, you know, it wasn't often, but it definitely did happen. So, um, that's where I'm like, how can I be better at it? Nothing's perfect, but how can I feel like I'm more a part of that part of our life because I felt like sex was just for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. So that's no. why I wanted to talk about it. You know, it's so common. And I think another thing that happens again, I'm stereotyping because remember women can have be the higher desire person. We haven't really talked about desire mismatch. But yeah. Like we assume it's the male who has the higher desire about a third of the time. And the woman has the higher desire in a, we're talking about heterosexual relationships, but when the guy, the, when the higher desire person's always asking for it, because let's say one in seven times they actually get it. So they're like, well, if I ask seven times today, I'll get it, right? And so it's <laughs> like, they are always asking. The low desire person always has to say no, right? And that's like not a fun position to be in for really anybody. And so it's really talking about that of like, hey, what what's ideal for you? What's ideal for you? Can we meet in the middle? Can we negotiate this? Because it's never the low desire person's job to rise to the high desire. 
right? And so this is like a couple's issue. How do we negotiate? Just like, I'd love to have pizza every single night for dinner. No, that's not going to work for my partner, right? Right. What works for the relationship and thinking about it in a relationship term. And then for the low desire person, how do they want to be pursued? Do, do they even want to be pursued or do they want to be like, you know what, this works way better for me if it's like on Tuesdays. Right. And I, and I, because then every other day I don't have to say no to you because I actually hate doing that. Mm, yeah. And then I know I can focus on, it's going to happen and I can look forward to it. I can desire Tuesday work on it. So, I mean, there's so many tips and tricks and certainly it's not a one, one size fits all. And, and that's the thing. I think people are, are, are just waiting for that. Like how many times do you do it a week? How many times? Do, and it's like, it has nothing to do with me. No. You know, yeah. It has nothing to do with me. I see that we have three minutes left. Um, I'd like to get to one question. I asked my audience. I only got to one, only one person answered by the time I looked, maybe someone asked after, but I really like this. She said, do you have any tips or advice for couples that have not been uh, sexually uh, active together in a long time? Like how to like break that, like almost awkwardness between between the two if they have not been um, active. Yeah, a great a great book resource is Barry McCarthy. Barry and Emily McCarthy, they're married. And it's called Reclaiming Desire. And it's it talks a lot about sexless marriages. Amen. Because there's a lot, there's it's not just like putting two pelvises together. Like it's really like what's built up and avoidance issues. And like a lot of the, that sort of couple stuff, they recommend help, you know, sex therapists, sex coach there's not enough of those people in the world no, to, help, to say, help all this sexless marriages is one in 10 marriages there is not enough people in the world i'm not gonna lie everyone i actually googled how to become a couples therapist like i love everything about love and like well let's like build that trust again and like but i mean i would have to go to school again oh it takes I, a it takes an amazing amount of time to be <laughs> to become a sex therapist. you can't just google it kelly you is can't just google it get a certificate uh kelly. no it's like impressively like they're rigor like they're they're specialists but so, I mean, so what I did is I, starting in July, I opened up a kind of a private membership where I'm going to do group coaching for people because I finally, and this is in my town, like all my therapists who I'm friends with, they're like, I'm not even accepting new people. I'm not accepting. I'm closed. Like, I've, I don't even have a wait list. I'm so busy. And I'm like, what can I do to help people? Because if it, I have a pretty like sexually open town and like, you can't even see it. Like so it's not too. to replace therapists, but it's really to start uncovering yes. like, how did it become sexless? What do I actually want? What does sex mean? Yes. Uncovering the thoughts, like all that good work. Oh, the reflection piece. And like, uh, we connect so much on like how we help people. I think we help people in totally different aspects of their life, but we, how we do it and our intentions behind it, Kelly, uh, are very similar. And I think that's why I really connected with you okay so we have less than a minute tell people where to find you where they can find your book and then we can end with that totally well and thank you for having me i really appreciate it this was fun um so the podcast is called you're not broken that's on apple spotify all the places the book is called you are not broken stop shooting all over your sex life it is up on amazon we've got ebook paper book hardcover audio will be out later this year because i still have to record it and then website is kellycaspersonmd.com and instagram i'm most active on instagram kellycaspersonmd Perfect.